Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Dive by No Man, which features my pals Mehesh Ami and Matt Michael on vocals and guitar respectively. Dive is off of their 2020 album, Erase, which is definitely one of the best albums that came out last year. we met prior we started hanging out together in 1999 um we both were at the same college we both went to george mason university in fairfax which is where we're sitting right now um and we both were you know went to punk shows and um knew each other from that community um yeah and, and does that sound right yeah and uh i think I think the first time I really talked to you was I lived in like a group apartment and you had a class with one of my roommates. So you were kind of like, yeah, sort of film appreciation thing. Um, I think that's actually cooler than what it was. It was a modern dance class <laughs> and Andy and Andy Overton, who was one of the original, original members of majority rule, um, is a dear friend of ours. And I took a, um, 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 uh, a modern dance class which I think we took as an elective for fun and then ended up not being very funny because I think he, he definitely did better than me. But we, <laughs> we, uh, we, spent, we started spending uh, time together then. But, you know, again, we used to see each other at shows. There was a show in particular where Matt asked to borrow my gigantic um, cellular phone. Was that Reversal Man? Yeah. It was Reversal Man playing um, at, like, an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Uh, in the suburbs here, and I'm guessing majority role played. Or? No, I no. don't think so. We were just there, so yeah. So we had had we we had conversed a little bit, um, but uh, yeah, it was sort of that end end of the '90s uh, era. Yeah. Um, what brought each of you to the punk scene, like in particular? Yeah. So um, 
I grew up in music. I mean, I I was born in Houston, Texas. Um, the you know daughter of uh, Palestinian refugees. You know, uh, think uh, immigrant upbringing in Houston, Texas in the '80s with an older sister that was really into heavy metal. <laughs> so. I kind of always had music in my life, again, uh, whether it was from my parents who listened to everything from, you know, um, sort of traditional Arabic uh, music to, you know, my dad's Johnny Cash records to, again, lucky enough to have sisters that exposed me to to music, listening to a lot of metal and thrash stuff, but also some new wave music. Um, so, like, always um, into music, always curious and kind of, you know, found my way into into more things just organically um you know everything from i would say like my you know metal is probably my first love uh we have a sort of i guess now not very inside uh insider knowledge that i you know i hit puberty at a creator show um, <laughs> so if that and that's because you know my siblings and all we we did everything together um and so we i still you know love and listen to so much of that music and then, you know, sort of naturally continued listening to punk music, you know, living in, in D.C., but also more than that, uh, being uh, sort of more interested in activism and things that were close to, to, to my heart, to my family's heart. And, you know, something that I found within the, the punk community here and in, in, in people like, like Matt. Awesome. Yeah. For me, it was probably pretty specifically skateboarding because I think I remember the first time I heard the Misfits was like at, you know, a quarter pipe in somebody's garage. <laughs> and then I moved to Germany when I was, I think, in eighth grade. And so punk was like the thing that, you know, was like helped me find friends of the same sort when I was there, when there was other things, you know, dividing people. So, you know, I, I started skating with German people and just, you know, stayed punk was something that united us and do other than skate. Yeah. Did at, at the time, did people in Germany think that you had like so, some inside knowledge on what was going on there? And, and were you looking for like inside knowledge on like what was going on in the German scenes? I don't think so. Cause I was really yeah. young. Yeah. I was probably, you know, I moved there. I think my, I did do eight, maybe seventh, eighth, and ninth grade there, but it was main. I, I was kind of naive to everything too, but there was like a big, I lived right next to a big park that had a huge um, double half pipe that like American skaters would come do demos on. Uh-huh. It was in the capital at that time. So it was like a place where, you know, I, I just went and kind of got into everything and they still had like concerts every summer in that park. And there'd be a lot of like pop punky type of stuff, but you know, Whenever bands would come to Germany, I would definitely try to find high school friends to go see those shows with. Those were mostly, we would have to take a train to a different city, but I wasn't definitely some sort of underground scene. It was more kind of mainstreamy punk stuff, but, uh-huh. but and, and lots of times it was, I would try to seek out skate videos from the States because that's how I was exposed to a lot of new music was just, I'd find out whatever the songs were on the videos that I liked. So every time a new kid moved to the community we lived in, we would hope he would bring some more stuff from the States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely, uh, remember hearing a lot of stuff, um, 
in those old skate videos. I think that's actually how I heard like adolescence, um, just you know, a really long time ago. Uh, yeah, put it that way. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, Miha, you were saying that your uh, your background was like very musical. Did you um, play instruments before you got involved in in like I, going to shows and stuff? I did not. I mean. <laughs> let's hold up my siblings and I definitely took some you know guitar lessons when we were when we were younger but no I didn't really I didn't it was it's been mostly um you know having friends you know include us you know and backing vocals and things like that uh I've been involved in but no in terms of like the first band um that I've been you know you know, singing for fully. It's been no man. Prior to that, you know, I I did a little bit of stuff. I did a cameo on a majority role page ninety nine split. Um, and then I, that's really it. I've done. You know, Matt and I have collaborated on lyrics historically uh, for some of the bands that he's been in. But uh, no, I I haven't really uh, uh, done anything actively outside of singing for the current band that yeah. I'm in now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I always like, am interested in, you know, how, how, um, people come to like be in bands, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, there, there are like those traumatic, um, grade school band experiences, you know, like, well, I played tuba, but it was terrible, you know, and things <laughs> like that. But um, what that's it's a the, one of the funniest things about having a kid is watching them go through that like um, uh, that rite of passage of the recorder, uh, which is <laughs> happening right now with our with our amazing daughter Cami, and I'm like, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, it's it's one thing I was saying to Matt uh, earlier today is that you know we have incredible friends and they've all been so supportive. Um, of no man. And one of the questions that I get all, all, all quite a bit is like, how does it feel? And I don't know if it's just that I've been really fortunate to have supportive friends or, or what, but I, I've always kind of felt connected and part of it, you know, whether it's, you know, been touring, um, with, with certain, with certain bands, definitely majority rule, you know, mm. um, and and with Haram and our friends Cloak Dagger, like I've always felt like someone who has been part of it. And again, I think that's part of like what's so excellent about punk and and that community aspect of it. Um, and maybe I'm just a weirdo, but it 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 doesn't necessarily feel super different. Um, having said that, and this may be more than what you were asking me, so please feel free to cut me off. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, um, uh, having said that, the so Majority Rule did these reunion shows uh, in 2017. Is that when you all saw each other last? Uh, no, we saw each other like, uh, well, I don't know. What wasn't it more like 2019? Yeah, it was. It was oh, okay. later. We did yeah. the the shows with Page 99, and then we did that little Midwest thing. Okay, so they did these reunion shows, and which were, you know, for me, like, so awesome to see one of my favorite bands and my favorite people, and not just Majority Role, but Page 99. These are, we're all, you know, we've all had our teenage years together, so these are, like, dear family and, and friends, really, that have grown up together. Um, and then that year was kind of a... a 
an interesting and kind of before and after uh, type of moment for me type of year as um, my dad passed away. So coming back from those reunion shows, the reunion shows themselves were like, you know, just great to feel something else and to be super, you know, therapeutic, not just because of the music and being able to scream it out, but to be surrounded by friends and also realizing at this stage in our life, other friends are going through sort of similar things in our lives. Um, and we came back from the, from those shows and we decided to keep doing music together. So No Man was kind of birthed out of those uh, majority rule shows with a combination of um, of, uh, of, of having a, a, pretty, a pretty terrible year. But having a having something you know a space to to sort of heal and to to move on from it, they really really provided me um, that platform. Yeah, um, like you you can vent about it and and you can like let that uh, physical aspect like you know catharsis or whatever like yeah. as well. Um, and also you know you you're like well well I'm already writing the lyrics so why don't I just <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm teasing of course I'm sure you didn't no, write all the lyrics I mean I wasn't writing majority <laughs> by any means and you know to get in a room with some with what I call family because Pat and Kevin are certainly you know family and um and and to have their sort of support but also like inside I'm like uh these are folks that have been doing music for so long so it felt like such a you know a privilege and an honor and they were so supportive you know yeah. just it's it and it's so funny because that first record um was one that we came back and we kind of recorded it you know fast and, and put it out and then the second record we've you know had sort of more time to to work on it and sort of figure out our sound and make it the record we wanted to be but that that first one really um has a special place for me it, it, when you think of you know your people holding you up when you're like one foot in front of the other uh, stepping through life when you haven't really had that kind of loss before, you know, so yeah. it, it, it really, you know, saved me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I was going to also say like, did when you, when you went out on those tours, um, with Matt and them and, um, and this is like obviously quite some time after the original, like, uh, life of the band, um, it, was there a part of you also that was maybe kind of like, look, like everybody is still doing this. Everybody can still do this. Like, like, uh, like, so this is my first band or whatever. Like now's exactly the time to do it. Like we can still do this. Like I want to go yeah. for it. I, I don't know that to be honest that we, put any it, <laughs> Matt and I are a little famous for just kind of doing what's in front of us okay I don't think we had any expectations out of it necessarily it was you know but I do think like I said before you know traveling being around friends and being around music and that sort of you know magical healing piece that comes together with all of those elements in place, it also reminded me that I wasn't the only one going through these things, you know, like a number of our friends um, who were on tour uh, with us, whether in the bands and whatnot, because, you know, Mike and Chris Taylor sadly also um, lost their father kind of recently. Um, but just, you know, 
uh, being reunited with old friends who were going through similar sort of life stage things. Um, Honestly, as well as meeting new ones. The other thing I would say is, you know, being in D.C., we're super fortunate to have maybe more. I mean, it can always be better, but more inclusivity in music than some other places. I met some tremendous women during those shows. And so I, I, I will say that coming back, I may, I, you know, met a bunch of great people who have continued uh, contact with, and there was sort of this general sentiment um, of, you know, how good it is to see more women involved in it. So that, that was, that was maybe a new development from it. Not necessarily, oh, people are still doing music because we've kind of remained active in our lives, whether it's, you know, uh, Matt has been active in bands since majority rule. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, you know, he records bands and, and does different art. Um, and, you know, as well as supporting our other friends who have stayed active in music. So it, I don't know. I don't think that it ever felt like it necessarily went away from me. I don't know about you, Matt. Uh, no, I mean, there was like an aspect of uh, when we were going to do those reunion shows, the first, well, we wanted to practice before ever telling Mike we were down to do it because there was, an, if we were going to do it, I wanted to make sure we could actually still play those songs well and not, you know, do it justice. But then after playing with Pat and Kevin, it was like zero time had passed. So there was a a part of me that was like, wow, this is something I've done and that I want to figure out a way to keep doing it in some way with these people specifically. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to insinuate that, like, you hadn't um, stayed busy. Like, um, I actually um, didn't even know that you were a part of Cloak and Dagger until <laughs> I was, like, looking this stuff up. Because uh, I don't know. I mean, um, a lot of times, like, I don't always know who plays in what bands. Like, I just uh, yeah. like the band. I don't know if that... Um, yeah, makes sure. sense. But like, yeah, I feel I totally understand that. Like I went to high school with Kathy from Circle Takes a Square and I did not know oh, wow. that she was in Circle Takes a Square until like she messaged me like back in 2004 and was like, hey, you still play in bands, right? Does your band want to play with my band? That's so funny. And I was like, what band? And I was like, whoa. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so like I'm... Uh, as far as like, I'm I'm way more guilty of not knowing like with people yeah. that are I'm much closer to, um, but yeah, uh, like I did I did see that um, like I I knew I always knew that you had for me that um, majority rule song, but I saw that you also did like uh, a um, you did like a feature or whatever on one of the Cloak Dagger songs, uh, the song Get Away. And then yeah, um, I, know, I know that you were uh, on one of the uh, uh, songs on the Portrayal LP as well, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, um, all the, some of my, all my favorite bands. <laughs> <laughs>
you just sort of started the band like almost on an impulse and you weren't really sure um how you know what was going to become of it or whatever um but um like prior to that and like you just doing like one like a bit on a track here and there like how did you know this was going to work out for you how did you know like yeah i can scream or <laughs> like this is like one of these things that a lot of people they're just like you know they they get in a band to figure out how they can do it but you're like already at that point so how did you come into well, that well that's kind of you to say um I, I will say that i have awesome you know collaborating with matt and learning from him He'll probably kill me for saying that word because he, I think, always is really awesome about saying that I know how I want something to sound. It's interesting to me because I do feel like I, one, that I'm still, you know, learning. Um, and I mean that as a way that I am a perpetual learner. But I think more than anything else, I I just care about how something makes uh, me feel and how, you know, it's, you know, bonus points if it helps someone else work through something and how that they feel. So I don't know. That's kind of like, I don't know, I guess my personal barometer, um, for how things are, but I don't have like a, I don't know. It's, it's so like living in a, in a time period where everything is documented. It's so funny because, you know, all, whether it shows or whatnot, there are times where like, I'll go back and listen to something and I'm like, Ooh, like, I'm not sure what I think it's, but the thing that I care about most and that I really value is like how something feels when you're doing it and how it feels collectively with the people, whether it's at the show or whether it's with the bandmates. And that to me is like this just amazing, I don't know, magical thing that you can't put a name on it because, you know, you can you can you can adjust things as much as you want in terms of like recording and whatnot. But I care about sort of how it makes all of us feel in in in, in live time, and honest to sound selfish, but how it makes how it makes me feel as well. So, um, but I appreciate it. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I. It's just sort of seeing how it feels in the moment. Yeah. Well, you're talking about like the the feeling and everything, and it it kind of you know I I have this um, like I feel like I have a sort of a bad memory, but I have this weird <laughs> thing where like the way something feels helps me like add yeah. something into my memory. And so you're yeah. saying like, oh, um, it's more important to me how something feels like, even though, do you, do you, does that sense, like, does that play into it? Like, um, do you recount the way that you were feeling like when you listen to something like way later? And so, so that's where the, the precedence comes over, like the importance of it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a combination of things, you know, what I was, you know, mostly referring to is like when you're in some of the best moments or the best shows are like, can be a completely, I don't know, random set of factors that come together from how we all, you know, uh, were, in sync with one another and then people that I met and how people, you know, received it and connections that I've made with people. Um, that's sort of what I'm referring to more than anything else, but for sure, like after a show, what is that place? Betty's? Is that what it's called? 
Betty's Grill. Betty's Grill is a show we played in uh, Memphis or Knoxville. I think it's in Knoxville. It's not. It's Knoxville. It's not Memphis. And we played it in Knoxville. And it's interesting because, like, I guess <laughs> I, I'm hoping I'm getting that factually correct. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, um, but sometimes there's like a time and place again, where you just talk with certain people and you have that connection at the show and you all play it a certain way. And it's, you know, it's not about like the attendance at the show or even maybe perfection technically on, on how everyone played. Although I play with some of the most, um, perfect musicians. (laughs) Oh, um, not me so much. No. Um, but it's, it's that feeling. So like, that that show, for example, is one that we played, and we we played with portrayal of guilt, and um, and they were awesome because they're always so awesome. Um, and Matt Michael, uh, definitely, uh, who also who um, sings on the portrayal of guilt record as well, um, right. you know, sang uh, his part with portrayal of guilt when they were singing, and there was just like an overall feeling of that show. So to me, those are like the moments that I come back home and I think about. Um, the all the things in the universe that come together that brought together a unique feeling, and it's it's again, it's about so many different. It's about so many different things. I'm sorry, our pup, our pup is a little bit vocal. <laughs> if it sounds like I started snoring, it's not. That it's not, it's his breathing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, it's like I think that's totally why, you know, at at my age and and older i can never really see myself like stepping away from you know yeah. this this like community that we have and everything just yeah. moments like that and feelings like that um yeah, yeah. for sure but yeah you said so you said that um you you've been going on tour um like uh you know obviously um matt you know you've been uh, getting out there in one band or another, you know, for, uh, I don't even know how long I don't want to put dates on anything. Um, but, uh, um, and so you had both gone on tour together and stuff. Uh, what was, um, what was like the first tour that y'all went on together? Uh-huh. Like what band was that? And what was that <laughs> experience like? I mean, honestly, I think it's going to be majority rule yeah. and they're going to be like West coast shows. Probably. Yeah, I think you flew out to uh, like City when, of Caterpillar. Yeah, when Page 99 City of Caterpillar and Majority were all, were all playing a stretch of shows together, she flew out for that. Yeah. Oh, was no. that the ones that just happened or was that? No. no. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> in, in like, I don't know, probably early 2000s. Early 2000s. <laughs> oh, okay. And <laughs> so did you just, you just went for a few days or? Um. Yeah, I mean, it would usually. It, at that point, actually, that's a, that's a good question. You know, Matt is insane and chooses to not sleep in his life. So, like, we were both in school full time. I think he was working like full time, and he took all of his breaks to go on tour. So, there were moments where he'd be gone for months at a time, and I, I was, I definitely didn't, wasn't there for that. You know, for for the full tour. But what I'd usually do is be like, uh, like fly out to California and jump in the van and tour with them for like a week or two. Yeah, see, that's the move, honestly. Like, it is. Shouldn't <laughs> I? You stayed yeah. one, two watts, and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> maybe, maybe I had it right the first time. Yeah. Well, I mean, or when you 
the first time when you do that drive from like Albuquerque to San Diego or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's totally my favorite drive, honestly. Like yeah. the, from the south of Texas over to the west coast, it, you see so many different pretty changes in environment and everything. Oh no, it's and, totally beautiful. It's it's like. Yeah. Um, I mean, between that and like the Pacific Northwest, like it's, it's just amazing out there. I'm just like talking about the, just the sheer willpower and hours that you, you well, in our circumstances, in our case, it's usually Matt driving the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Great memory of one time when we did that drive where I was just loving it because we had this like kind of nice conversion van with a trailer that had really nice AC and it was only the four of us in the van. And so we'd be able to sleep. And I think I was like, we were driving through Arizona and I was like sleeping under blankets because I was chilly. <laughs> and <laughs> the rest stop and, you know, page I nine was like, you know, caravanning with us and they had no AC and it was, you know, 12 people in their van, the same size. <laughs> and they looked and I felt so guilty, but it was just funny to see the pile out completely wet with sweat. And I was like, Ooh, I just took a nice nap. <laughs> like how how the other half lives um type yeah. Of scenario yeah um i think the worst part about those drives for me was just like i'm a really nervous like um like mountain driver or mm-hmm. you know and so like that was the thing for me when you get out there and it's you start seeing all those signs about the um the grades and stuff the, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I, and I felt like my knuckles just went white and I'm just like, uh, um, is this the time that the van doesn't stop, you know, right. or, or whatever? Um, but yeah, yeah I still love burning brakes for that exact reason. Like that, that specific smell always gets me scared. Oh yeah. It's the worst. Um, so like, um, you know, another like thing that I wanted to chat about is, you know, like you mentioned before, um, y'all do have a child together and everything. And, um, I was wondering like, um, how, 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 how do you think other than the obvious, um, how, how has that like affected w- the way that you've had to d- maneuver things to like make a band yeah. work, whether it's just recording yeah. or practicing, like does your, um, does your yeah. daughter like go to practices or are the practices at <laughs> home or how, how's this? So I would say that it's, it's not by accident that we've stumbled into, you know, an appreciation of, um, you know, community and, and the punk scene, um, both, um, Matt and myself uh, are very family oriented and we're so lucky to have my family nearby. So, uh, you know, in terms of like, it's funny when she, she's nine years old now, which is madness. But, you know, I, when I was pregnant, people would say like, Oh, like, I get, you know, what's that, what's that going to mean for practice for Matt? And honestly, we didn't skip a beat. One, we've usually, created households that have, um, a practice space and, you know, a place to do art within them. Um, and honestly, we just viewed it as, you know, she was joining our world. She's part of, she's part of it. So, 
Um, she is amazing and she's super sociable and our friends are incredible with her. And I think part of that is because, you know, as soon as she was born, uh, Cloak Dagger was practicing in our house. Um, like a, a few weeks after she was born. Yeah, like a few weeks after she was born. So, you know, just having the friends be part of her life um, has been has been great. And then my family is just up the road. Um, so, you know, when we've gone, she's gone on tours, first of all. I mean, uh, the majority rule page 99 uh, reunion was scheduled on her spring break. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so she came on that full tour along with my nephews. Um, I mean, and Jamil, they, my sister, <laughs> maybe even pulled. I don't know if she did. They may even pulled out of school for that. I'm not sure, but you know, well, we I think mean it at our core when we talk about sort of the the collective and and doing this stuff together. Um, so it doesn't mean you don't have to have like extra planning. You know, you don't want them to like miss school, you know, necessarily. But she has definitely um, grown up within this, has it has her own interest in music. Matt it records her doing music sometimes in the house. I, I heard the cover. It was very good. Uh, Wait, which cover? Uh, Jolene. Oh, good. You yeah, did hear I it. did hear that. It's very good, right? good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a holiday present to me, and it, it definitely put me in, in, in tears. They, they did that covertly. That's nice. That's awesome. I know. Incredible. Um, she has more natural talent than I do. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I would just highlight that n none of what we do would be possible without her extended family here. I yeah. mean, we would make it work no matter what, but they're the ones that pick up the slack whenever yeah. we do stuff. You know, she. I was, I was joking around the other day saying that I think she actually considers my mom and my sister her mom and I'm her roommate. Like, she's very much, um, uh, uh, you know, someone that has been raised uh, by the, the broader family, and we're so appreciative to— to have that. I mean, that's how I was brought up too. So it's just, we're, we're, we are super lucky and it, it's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, do, now, what does she think? Like, you know, you said she's always been around and stuff, but what does she think overall of the uh, mom and dad are, are doing a band thing? Like, is it, is it just like my, my kids are just like, that's just what they do. Like, and right. they don't think much more of it. Like, is this a bigger deal to her or is it kind of the same? I would say it's, it's, uh, she definitely has her own musical interests. And I don't know if our music is that, but I mean, she knows, like, she's read all the lyrics and she, she's, she's really, I don't know, she's interested still. But I think it might be because she's an only child, but the, all of our friends in the bands, she's also friends with. So I think she looks forward to, yeah. practices and stuff because it gives her more people to interact with than just the two yeah ones. and i think she has clued into like m maybe this is partially the lyrics or whatnot but she has she has her own musical interests it's very you know uh diverse and and wide but she does tend to sort of be more interested in women in music i've noticed so yeah. um which which i back i think that's great yeah yeah you said that uh she was on the tour with with y'all or one of the tours um what what was that experience like did you did you um one of my like my my oldest went on a tour uh with us when we were like much younger but um and uh it was a lot of like for me it was a lot of like 
making sure that like certain things were going to be certain ways like before we would you know agree to the shows and stuff did you have anything like that going on or were you just like um like Uh obviously like i'm you know we we the kinds of shows that we play you know it's not just like all things you know anything goes or whatever so i'm not trying to insinuate that but just like um how how would that how would like going on a tour like with your kid differentiate like yeah. when you were just going by yourself i mean that was a little different because those shows were um because of page i9 were so well attended mm-hmm. that like all in kind of more structured places than we would normally play yeah. so knew there would always be like space for her to be you know safe and yeah around us and then uh, because of the way it was there was always like a plan for after because they they were all in a separate car and there was a plan yeah. for afterwards that she didn't have to stay there until yeah know, my sister's in the morning or yeah my sister's Jamila and Mona came um as well so it was like for the for some of those like you know, later nights, um, there, you know, we, we, we planned ahead, um, just cause they're especially like that sort of tour, you know, there, there's uncertainty that's, that's sort of, you know, built into it, I guess. So Mm -hmm. like Matt said, um, you know, they, they had a getaway car. If (laughs) nice, it got a little weird. Um, so yeah, we were fortunate to have that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I wasn't in any way trying to insinuate that, like, (laughs) you know, this was, yeah it's just um you know like 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 i said like back when we did that you know we obviously we had lots of questions we asked because you know it wasn't where we knew that things were just fine you know (laughs) like we had to ask like okay so there's not going to be like people um getting wild you know and maybe like we'd be like there's not going to be like smoking indoors and stuff like that no for sure it's interesting when you're touring with page 99 adds like you know 10 more people that are looking after them (laughs) on on the tour so i did feel like um you know they had a lot of eyes on them you know as well and again more of that sort of it was it's kind of interesting because i again we sort of like handle things in in live time and i think for some of our friends on that tour it was also you know maybe cool to see this is this is one way of continuing to do this yeah yeah <laughs> you know showing up for one another yeah it would definitely and if we tried to take her on just a no man solo yeah. tour it would take more planning yeah um, you know it was a unique tour you know it would be it would be a different scene if it was no man touring by ourselves because yeah that's a lot like house shows and stuff that you would want to make sure that everything was okay before you got there. Yeah, for sure. What did she think of it overall then? What did she think of it? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of awesome to hear her and my nephews talk about the, I mean, there's, their spring break certainly wasn't like everyone else's. (laughs) I'm afraid of what that sounded like in school, but no, I mean, the other thing is remember, it wasn't only just like, this punk tour, it was a chair. It was for be- each show was a benefit, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, that was supporting a, a local charity in each, in each town that they played. So it was a pretty awesome example of how to give back in life and the importance of community and friendship and, and the arts. So, I mean, she loved it is, you know, sort of the, the short answer to that. Um, 
It is funny because I do feel like there are times when, like, you know, Matt and I are going out to a show, maybe to go see some friends that she knows. And we're like, you want to go to the show? And she's kind of like, I'm good. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a spark. It may not be a sparkly to her because it's just part of her, you know, it's been normalized. Um, but, yeah, I think it was it was something that I hope showed off, you know, the best the best things about punk and what it's done for us and, and, and our friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, when I was doing, um, that podcast with, uh, Dave, um, a while back, Dave and I were just chatting later about how, like, um, you know, I, I guess like I was like the first person that Dave knew that like had a, had a kid and like still kept going and doing shows and you know and so Dave and I talked a bit after the you know um, podcast chat was over and yeah you know Dave was talking about like um like I didn't know you could still do this you know and stuff and and uh, <laughs> so that's why I like hang on yeah. these these things a little bit more is because I think it's really you know I um yeah I, lo I love playing music and and that's, I don't see how that could ever change. Um, but no. like, I think it's, I, I also feel like, you know, that um, that's something that whether my kids are, whether they like recognize um, everything that we've, that we've done, you know, like you, you said, you, you know, you were um, uh, using the proceeds um, for different um, benefits and stuff. Um, like, I just think that later on, that's like a really, a really cool thing for them to know and to see firsthand, you know? I hope so. I will also say that I had the, I mean, Matt did too, honestly, like growing up in a Palestinian family, we, I remember being at like different events, like cultural events, music events, maybe even some random Arab nightclubs. <laughs> out late with the family like it wasn't i'm not i'm not knocking it at all but like music has always been a huge thing and you know i just remember like falling asleep on like chairs at these things with you know and my there was just like music and life you know that we that we sort of grew up with and you know the majority of matt's upbringing was overseas and i think that um there was a lot of time together as a family, you know, out and about. And I say that not, again, I'm not trying to take away um, kids getting a good night's sleep, <laughs> but more about like the importance of the family or the collective and doing things and living life, celebrating, creating and giving back. Um, and it, it it's a little bit different of a, of a model that I typically see here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't. I, I I'm I'm not saying this is the case with a a lot of people, but like, um, I just feel like a lot of times um, that you know, like what you're what you're ex expressing is a seems it's like a genuine feeling of like togetherness and mm -hmm. um and like community within you know maybe the broader community but at least like within the family you know like a genuine sense of togetherness whereas a lot of people just 
their family is done by the numbers. It's 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 on a schedule, you know. Or yeah. It's just. And it's, I mean, I'm, the society here is structured that way. It's not really. It's not against any parent or any family. Like it's a very individual, you know, oriented society so it's i think it's it's a difficult thing you know if you if you if you did want to do that so i say that you know acknowledging that i have the luxury of that sort of built into my upbringing into the life that you know we lead but i do think that we try to be intentional about continuing to foster it sort of like your first experiences um because well i mean you did do you did do the the track um you were on the majority rule track back in 2004 but that's not necessarily yeah. like i mean i'm sure it was a lot different than when you went and did um you yeah. know, your first your first thing um but like uh, matt specifically like what what was your first recording situation like? Oh man, um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think how far back that would go. I mean, I think I was I started playing in bands when I was uh, I don't know, like probably in elementary school, doing like helmet covers. Awesome. Or uh, maybe that was a little later than elementary school, but it probably was. Um, but then I think the first times I ever recorded was like, art. like we would go into the, cause I was in band, like regular school band and I would use their facilities and stuff to record on a four track or whatever. But it wasn't till I moved to Northern Virginia that like we tried to record more than a few songs at a time and stuff. And that was also with Pat and Kevin under a different band name. And it was it was pretty funny. We got like the the Black Cat is like a you know one of the best clubs here. We got like the sound guy from the Black Cat to bring his stuff to my parents' garage in the suburbs and record us. And looking back, we were really stoked on it, but it's kind of embarrassing to think on <laughs> you know roll out a two inch reel machine into like a suburban garage and run lines to the band's practice space when it's like a bunch of you know really young. But it was. So, it was real to real, huh? Yeah, yeah. He brought a two-inch tape machine into my parents' garage and then ran like a snake to our basement where we practiced. That's so wild. Yeah, pretty crazy. But those were my earliest recordings. So like that and recording with this other guy, Ben Malott, here who recorded like all the you know small punk bands demos. Yeah, in Northern Virginia. 
So there's a lot of that, just like whatever the cheapest, easiest thing we could find was. And um, was that was that who you recorded the um, the earlier, like the majority rule stuff with, or was that like later? So there's like really very cool stuff where it's a it's our friend Andy singing, and that was recorded um, some with Ben at that at suburban his his parents' house in the basement, and then but I think the first thing we did. The, the things we actually started to be proud of was done. One was a studio that was in the back of um, Atomic Music in uh, Maryland. And then another one was at a place called Monster Island that was like next door to the Black Cat in DC, where it was basically the, I mean, the, the same scenario still happens now where it's like bar has time to record at a studio and ask if we want to come do something for, you know, free or cheap. So. Yeah. So you got, you like, sort of like leveled up to that, like gradually, but Meha, you were like, were you, were you just thrown into that, like automatically? To what? Um, Like when, like the first time that Meha did um, vocals on something, was that just like a studio? Was that just like, here, and now you do this? Yeah, I mean, her, the... It took me forever to be able to scream like all the time on a record and scream in a way that I liked it. It took her a whole lot less time. <laughs> I mean, it might if we do it in our house and it's a comfortable space to do it, you know, but there's definitely a lot of she has innate ability to do something that I didn't have for a long time. And I'm not just, you know, saying it to be nice. It's so. Being that you've recorded all of the No Man stuff yourself, that has to take a lot of the, like, because you're in a familiar environment and everything, and you're just, like, sort of doing it, I mean, not necessarily on your own time, because I'm assuming, you know, you have schedules that you work with and stuff, but, like, um, do you still feel a lot of pressure, like, or is it just no pressure when you go to record now? Um. It, the pressure isn't so much like on the performance, I would say. The pressure is on like when you have the ability to take all the time you want in the world because you're not paying by the hour. There's like a the pressure is like finding the spot in which you can actually say it's done or you're happy with it for me. Yeah. But do you find I, that in the in the recording or in the mixing? Uh, I, both, both. Because I adding crap on at the end like yeah. forever well i have to tell myself to stop you know yeah. but um so it's both it, probably more in the mixing than recording but um it's just tricky too because they're everybody else in the band is really nice when it comes to like when i when i shared the mix of the newer record it wasn't like a hey guys this is the first mix it was like hey guys here's the rough mix with all the instruments and like everything that I'm going to put on it before I start mixing, and Pat and Kevin were like, "Sounds great." <laughs> I was like, "They're feeding," and I was like, "No, I haven't mixed it yet." <laughs> so they're they're you know too nice to me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like ha- um, now you've been like you've been doing this for quite a while, and I've been doing it for quite a while as well. But I I mean I I don't I'm not just saying this like 
you know, because I'm mad at myself or something, but I just like gen- genuinely don't feel like I'm v- very good at it, but I think you're very good at it. Um, so my question is, do you ever mix something to the point to where you are just like, no, and you have to start all over? Does that still happen or do you have, is there a point where that stops happening? No. No, all the time. Okay. Yeah. It was something I did recently uh, for an, uh, it was this band that the record's not out yet, but it's just like a four song thing for a band called Low Flesh from here where like I did like a rough for them to put some more stuff on and then send it back to me. And like when I got it back, all the work that I did, I was like, I'm just going to erase everything because I have to start completely fresh or else like... Sometimes I just start over again, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a form of art to me. It's like sometimes you just have to destroy it all and start start again, even though that's super frustrating and takes time. But in the end, it's better. It's always better. Yeah, I, I don't know. So sometimes I just, like, I, I do that thing where I'm like, okay, this is, this is pretty close to what I want to do. And then, you know, you, you, you're going to sit on it for a minute. And um, yeah. and then I go back to it and I was like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> the thing I, is like focus on one thing too much. Like somebody will say like, is the snare too loud? And then I'll just focus on the snare for days, you know. And if you focus on if you're focusing on one thing, you'll always pick out something of it. It's hard to step back and listen to the whole thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I'm having that exact problem right now with something, <laughs> but uh, but um. Yeah, so the band officially started in 2018, I guess. Well, I mean, not necessarily started, but that was the first release. Um, And then, like, there was, um, like, y'all put out a single in 2019, but then the album came out in 2020. Um, Was, like, was this time between... Was this like spent like writing and how meticulous are you when it comes to like the writing process as opposed to the like recording process? Well, so most of the time based around because Pat still lives in California. So so everything happens based around like either shows or a reason for him to be here, you know. Uh I think the reason there was like a sing, uh, single was he came and we wrote a song and recorded it and we were like we actually like the way the sounds as is so let's just put it out there but it's it's really just like based around when pat can get here kevin lives in new york and pat lives in california so yeah it's a much much bigger uh bigger i mean we're good about pushing ourselves to like motivate and organize and like maximize the time we have together you know because one we want to see each other (laughs) because we're all very close but also to you know make those visits count when we're hanging out it's literally all of us in the house here yeah you know uh together spending time together and um and writing music and recording so and um yeah so we're we're pretty you know diligent the pandemic's been a totally weird year obviously but Mm -hmm. they're you know have plans uh, uh, now that we're vaccinated to get together next month. Yeah. Do you do a lot of, um, like, 
do you do a lot of writing via file sharing or not so much? No, typically I like just write uh, a basic structure of songs. And then I know that like once we get together in a room, we'll be able to like turn it into something or not the way. But um, it's mostly, I think, me coming up with parts that go together and then waiting for them to get here to do something. This This last time for the songs we're going to try to record when they come this time, I did send them like... Um, parts to like a a crappy drum machine you know mm-hmm. kind of start to visualize but it'll be probably a pretty quick trip but in sometimes that's i feel like counterproductive because it turn out that way at all and i don't want any uh i don't want them to think at all that whatever crappy drum machine i put on it is what yeah I, right right yeah um I've been in I've been involved in in projects like that where it's like, yes, someone's like, oh, I put this I put this drum machine on it, and and I, it's just like, please send it to me without it because if yeah. I hear it, I'm afraid it'll lock in, you know. And yeah. like you were saying you're like, look, like my my buddies like can do way better than you know this drum machine that I did or whatever, you know, and um. It's a, it's really wild. Like, you know, we we do really live in a time where like, you you know, somebody could just be like, well, this is the song, you know, or whatever. And um, it's uh, it's interesting to like figure out, you know, <clears throat> different ways to, like, sort of like in your case, it sounds like you just trying to get ahead of yourself a little bit. Like, just be like, this is just so we have a jump start on what we're doing and not yeah. like, because I want you to learn it this way. Um, yeah. And at the same time, like, uh, you know, you, each individual player or whatever has to learn how to like take from that. And, yeah. and also like, leave it there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would also say that there's a beat like, these guys are like cosmically connected musically. It is something else to see them get in a room together, you know, and what they come up with like pretty quickly just because of understanding, you know, each other's uh, approach to making music. Um, so I, I guess probably just that many years of doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. No, for other people, you know. Like, I know there's no way I'll be able to, like, there's always stuff that I respond to them playing that will change the whole idea of the song. So I always want to leave, like, not to write anything to the point where I'm married to any part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I also, like, you know, there's probably an aspect of your history of playing with them where you come up with something and, or at least I found this to be, you know, the case with me when I have played with people for a while, uh, you come up with something and you're like, I totally know what they'll do like on this part. And it's like, um, you know, with me, it's like maybe a 50, 50 thing, but like, uh, that's a really like exciting feeling too, to just like, almost like you're almost writing what you're doing, like based off an idea of what someone else will do you know, because of how um, well everything's fit together in the past. 
Yeah. But um, totally. I don't, everything I write is very boring, but I'm 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 hoping that they'll make it better. <laughs> like yeah. I write a lot of like guitar parts that are kind of just a loop of, you know, four chords and then I know that Kevin will make a longer progression of stuff that will make it sound cooler and then Pat will not do the punk beat that I put on the recording. Right. Right. That's, that's a, that's the thing about like, I, I went through, I, uh, I went through like, uh, quite a while with, um, my main band or however you want to put it, um, where I was doing like all the recordings myself and I had to just like trick myself into keeping going because, um, it was it was like you said it was like wow this doesn't when i'm just like recording the guitar parts so i don't forget it i'm like this doesn't seem like a great song you know or whatever yeah. and then you have to just trust that it's the all the other pieces coming together that will you know make it something special or you know memorable um but um how do you um now you uh Maya said earlier that like you two have written lyrics together, but I assume with No Man it's mostly her just like get you know, getting in and focusing on the lyrics, or do you still write them together? Uh she does it all her on her own. There's one song on the last record that are my lyrics, but it was um I think it was more like we were just putting lyrics to songs and I was like, I still have one song we could use. <laughs> okay. And do you, now do you draw like, um, do you, how do you find that you write lyrics? Like, do you have to hear the song first or do you have like things that you've written that you draw from? Uh, I just write whatever is going on in my crazy head. Um, and, and then we figure it out you know, later on, it's, it's, you know, whenever, you know, they're working on music, I'm definitely around and listening in on things, but, um, my writing's a little bit independent of that. We, you know, there, there may be lyrics that, that, that can maybe seem like they'll go with a certain song. Um, but for the most part, the process is independent. Oh, that's awesome. So you, do you just, do you just later, do you just find the patterns and you just pick the words out and do you find yourself rearranging them or? Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, this Matt's producer brain is incredible at, at, he definitely helps me do that. I wouldn't say that that's something that comes to me super, you know, naturally. Um, but he, we, we work together and he helps me put the, the lyrics to, to the music and, and sort of create those patterns, you know, and then we sort of go back and forth on what's, on what's best. But he definitely um, is insanely skilled and talented in a way where I just, I am like continuously impressed about his ability to, to do that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, Matt, do you, do you find that you hear the patterns first and then you, and then you're looking at the lyrics, like this is how this going to work or, are you um, sort of usually I'm sorry. I just for songs that I've written, I usually just sit there like lyrics that I've written. I just sit with like a demo of the song and loop parts and try to figure out what parts of the lyrics can work with that 
particular section, I don't like come up with a pattern of just, you know, rhythmic noise before doing it. I kind of do it on the fly. Yeah. I've done it all kinds of ways. And one, one thing that's sort of fun, but sort of also like nerve wracking is, is, uh, just like doing the melody first, like if it's a more melodic song and, uh, just trying to make the words fit into that. And, uh, I don't know, that's, that's, that's an interesting, um, exercise if, if, uh, one was so inclined, but, um, yeah. I remember when we practiced Fairweather, you see that Pat was in also, um, and I heard them practice before us and they were doing that. Like I could, I remember Jay, like, just like kind of singing, you know, not real word melodies to the song. Gonna go back later and do, but. Yeah. Well, supposedly that's how Sunny Day recorded the whole Pink album. So, <laughs> I mean. It works for some people. We 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 sound a lot like Sunny Day. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> right, exact. I mean, you know, same producer, same vocalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's wild. I, I'm always interested in like all these different uh, approaches and everything because you know, obviously, there's no there's no wrong way to do this, and there's. Yeah. I don't even feel like there's a right way to do this. There's maybe better for some people and better for others, you know, but that's as far as I really think it goes. Um, uh, so you said that um, y'all are getting together and you plan on doing a new recording like next month. Is that, was that? Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Um, is yeah. this going to be just, a... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, is it, is this going to be like a, a shorter release, like an EP or is it, like quite a few songs that you're just trying to knock out no, I, all at once. I think we're just trying to record two or three songs just to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, one for comp um, that's still getting figured out. And then, uh, then we're trying to do a split with, but all of that's still kind of up in the air. It was more that and we're all just itching to get back to being together. So, yeah. Um, you said that was a split with who? Well, we don't know yet. We're oh, just, okay. We're just trying to figure it out. Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I think like, you know that that y'all's y'all's LP from last year, um, definitely one of my favorite LPs from last year, and I kind of feel like there was a lot of really good stuff that came out last year as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I know like a lot of people will be looking forward to that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that y'all wanted to chat about before we, before we take off? I mean, I think honestly, we just, I, first of all, I think this is the first podcast I've ever done and definitely the first podcast we've done <laughs> together. So thank you for going easy on us. Oh, no, no problem. I just, you know, I just like to, uh, have an excuse to chat with folks, you know? And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm, um, I used to have a lot of, used to have a lot of trouble chatting with folks. And so I thought doing this would be like immersion yeah. therapy, you know, or, yeah. or something. So no, you've, you've talked to a number of folks, uh, um, whether it's Matt, you know, the, the Matt King one, they saw Blake Midget, um, and, uh, 
and Dave's, you know, I guess there's a, there's a number of folks, Amy in Canada. And so it's cool to see how you're kind of chronicling all these, you know, different, wonderful, creative people and artists. Um, so, you know, we appreciate you talking to us and, and creating, you know, creating uh, this platform with everything remade. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't at all. It's <laughs> totally nervous and weird and I'm happy I did this. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and that was my conversation with Meha Shami and Matt Michael. Thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really do hope we can look forward to a not so distant future where we can play shows together and just relish in that sense of community that I can tell means so much to all of us and most likely to everyone listening. Until next time, take care and do good things.